Hey y'all, quick announcement before we get into the episode today. Grant and I are officially launching a merch store as of today, July 26th. And the campaign that we're launching includes one shirt with the quote, um, be gay, do crime, charge phone, eat hot chip, none of this is permanent. Um, and the campaign will be going for 21 days and then everything will be shipping to you all uh, immediately after. And we would absolutely love the support um, as I think we've mentioned, this is so far an expensive hobby. And so, um, doing something like this not only helps us get closer to some of our, our community that we've built, um, but also helps us kind of cover some of the costs of publishing the podcast. So we hope you all enjoy, we hope you all get some merch and let's get into the episode. You're listening to Well, I Laughed, part two of Falsely Imprisoned, Gossip, Gossip, Gossip. My favorite categories question when we're playing, you know, categories, whatever other situation you might be playing categories. Um, My favorite category is 20th century presidents who served more than one term. Oh. Kennedy doesn't count. Because <laughs> everyone says Kennedy, because so many people only know like oh my God. three presidents. I was with Lee this or like yesterday for July Fourth, and Sophie, who you also met, right? Just recent, like literally just got an IUD, and <laughs> I was. She heard our episode on the pill and was like, "Well, not that. <laughs> not really. <laughs> the pill's great. We are not anti-pill. It came out today. <laughs> um, but I was talking about how it traumatized. Like I'm scared to get the IUD a because I've been on birth control for so long. Like sure. the pill, so I'm scared to like move off of it because of hormones and whatever. And I'm also scared because of the pain because all mm. everyone says it's like incredibly painful. And also, one of my high school friends got pregnant with an IUD in. I mean, that's. That's like a cryptid story. That's, that's like, like traumatizing. But also like scientifically insanely rare. Yes. And I don't understand how it happened, but because it was like one of my first like says with IUDs, it's not that I was close with her sure. anymore. Arguably she hated me because a whole lot of things, but we were friends on Facebook. <laughs> so I did see That it. is the millennial experience. Exactly. <laughs> um, my friend Annabelle has deleted all social media except for Facebook because she just wants the tea from the like people that are still on Facebook. That's so funny to me. It's like I, I haven't talked to any of you, but we'll come back for the 10 year high school reunion. That's really funny. She doesn't interact. She just like will send me screenshots of this. Like there's this one girl that we went to um, middle school with and we don't really interact with her. We never Mm. interacted with her outside of middle school, but we're all friends with her still on Facebook and she's having a real underdog comeback. Like Mm. she had, I think she went to juvie for a while and like, Long story short, she was, like, pregnant or something. Right. Long story short, she's now, like, at or accepted to Colorado School Minds. Good for her. Crazy, That's right? awesome. Yes. But the things she posts are just insane. And it's like, <laughs> we're rooting for you, but, like, what's happening? See, I feel like I'm now past the phase where a lot of the people on my Facebook um, are selling Herbalife. Mm. I think I'm past that. I also think I'm past a big chunk of the engagements mm, yeah. and are slowly starting to not- notice some of the divorces but really my favorite thing is like the girlies who are getting married right now and are just so excited about it it's like you know when you see a little like tiktok or something about like these two pets are unconventional friends and it just like warms your heart the 
the people on my Facebook page now that are like getting engaged and married just seem so like authentically happy about it that at like 2 a.m. in like the midst of my death scroll, I'm like, happiness does exist. (laughs) And I'm thrilled for them, honestly. Happiness does exist. It's out there. (laughs) Just apparently it's in Nebraska. So I don't know if I'll ever find it, but I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's super fair. Where I was going with the story is I was scared about the IUD, and she had gotten pregnant with the IUD, and they were asking, like, well, what happened? Like, did they have to take it out, like, mm-hmm. before she, like, got to her second term? What, Like, what happened? Did they just right. let it sit there? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. And Lee just goes with so much confidence. He's like, oh, well, they, they left it in. Like, it came out when she had the baby, and it, it shot out with such a velocity, and it killed JFK. <laughs> I forgot we were talking about categories three minutes ago. <laughs> Kennedy didn't serve more than one term. It's killed by an IUD. That is now canon in my head. <laughs> I think IUD or improvised explosive device, IED. IED, yeah. Not a foreign policy term. Um, well, good. Yeah. Good. That's. I think we're both in positive head spaces yeah. right now. Well, tell me about your trip. Grant just came back from multiple vacations. Came back from a couple vacations. Honestly, Which this was really is... fun as a single mother to this podcast. <laughs> I really felt that. A single mom who works two jobs. <laughs> More trademark songs. But Reba gets it. Um... Yeah, no, it was great. I definitely felt bad because it was like, hey, sorry, just about to dip into this wine tasting, but I see the eight messages you sent me. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, have fun. Take care. Or like another time I was like, hi, sorry, I'm in between two mountains, but when the wind blows, I have some service. <laughs> so Feel free true. to send me whatever you need. I can download it right now. But you have about like 90 seconds. Also, happy work day. I'm sure you're in a meeting. <laughs> It was entertaining. Like, I wasn't upset about the fact that you were on vacation, but I was like, this is just absolutely insane. Like, is is Grant drunk in a wine tasting? Is he in a valley between two mountains? Yes, <laughs> Don't... I, yes I am. <laughs> and I managed to hit both of those within, like, a 24-hour That's period insane. at one point. Yeah, it it was actually really crazy. But it was yeah. it was wonderful. Um, certainly appreciate how much work we are putting, she is putting into this <laughs> podcast, because... When I wasn't able to even, like, reliably, like, do some of the things that I was doing on my end, I was like, oh, wow. Like, we have really been doing a lot. So, it was great. Um, Brag moment for a second. I have this incredible group of friends that I met, like, basically first day of college. Mm -hmm. And we've done something that I'm really proud of, and that is we've made it a yearly tradition to vacation together. I love that. Yeah, and we spend time, I mean, obviously we talk and text, and if we're in the same city or stuff during the year, we'll we'll hang out for the evening. But every year, we all, six of us, get together and go on a vacation somewhere, and it's fun, you know, you get to catch up with everyone. Two of our friends are married to each other. They just had a baby, so we got to hear about all of that stuff, and so that was really cool. That's crazy. So I say all of that because... For several of these friends, this was the first time they'd seen me since we started this podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) And so they were here for all the jokes initially. That was great. But then I had perhaps one of the most embarrassing experiences of my life. And I've already shared plenty on this podcast. Oh, no. Turns out there is nothing worse than being forced to watch your friends talk about your podcast in front of you to strangers who did not ask. (laughs) I have 
ride or die friends who I love to death and who love me to death. And we're out spreading the word about, well, I laughed like at a tiki bar at a couple of like wine tastings. And after a while, like it did get very funny. But the very first time that it like happened, like at the start, I was like, I'm going to crawl out of my skin, text Maya, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go bury myself. So the trip was the trip was great. It was wonderful to catch up with the friends, and then I immediately disappeared into the wilderness, the wilderness which was also wonderful. Oh my god! And, yeah, we were at like a work event for Casey. We were like doing like it was like a little tie dye event. They mm. they do little work bonding things. It's very cute. But I showed up, and one of Casey's coworkers was like, "So we've all seen the podcast," and I was like, "I." would love to leave (laughs) right now. And like, cause I was already stressed. I was like trying to like finish editing something and I decided that like, I wasn't gonna go to the workout today. And so I spent a little extra time doing that. And then I went to Casey's thing for his work. And so I was just like, not having it. And I was like, I don't want to talk about the podcast. Like the last thing. And of course, Casey's coworkers will be fine. They don't know. They knew. But like only From what I understand about Casey's work is all, they have all the time in the world to listen to our podcast. (laughs) They do not talk to each other all that much. They're computer people, you know? They're computer people. I mean, they're like engineers or something, but computer people for the rest of us. Yeah. So like half of them didn't know about the podcast. Half of them did know about the podcast. So then I was in this weird balance of like trying to talk to the people that didn't know about the podcast and sound genuine when they were like, like asking like what's it about and right. i was like it's a storytelling <laughs> it's like mostly comedy but we do the research sometimes yeah, and then casey was like <laughs> casey kept trying to bring it up and i was like casey i don't want to talk about what, it right now what burden it must be to have a partner who's proud of you and supports I your know, dreams i love him so much I love how this part of the podcast, we're like, dear listener, we have been burdened by the support systems in our life. <laughs> this is insane. Um, I think it, I mean, I think we're all having fun now. Is this the Stonewall Inn before it was the Stonewall Inn? Because this is a family affair. Oh, that was good. It's an episode two reference. Thank good. you so much. Hey, I'm proud of it. Um, I did FaceTime with Tyler today. Yes. He does reliably listen to me. Yes. <laughs> He does. We've also managed to now generate enough like interest in Tyler. Concern about Tyler. Concern <laughs> yes. for us and our relationship with Tyler. Did you see the email we got? Oh, I asking did. Asking us what's going on with Tyler. That's hilarious. And if we get enough requests, I will force Tyler to sit in front of it. I, I do you, wouldn't take much. Do you know what's also really funny? Huh. Is Tyler much like us, you know, as part of this like big network of friends we have here. Yeah. Uh, not a great communicator. No! And so Tyler kind of only really reliably talks to like you and I in it's this about, like larger it, friendship. Exactly. So the fact that we are now getting emails that are essentially asking the same question that like Danny does at dinner. <laughs> it's just like, how's Tyler? What's his deal? Why is why is he the way he is? The fact that others are also <laughs> queuing in on that I think one says a lot about Tyler, and two says a lot about our storytelling abilities. Hit it right on the head. I was talking to Tyler today, and I was like, I showed him. He was he's having a rough time because he's applying for jobs, mm. and so I could. He was like, not feeling it, and so I showed him the comment that someone left a while ago. Do you remember that? Oh, it's, yeah, still saved on my phone. Yeah, someone like commented and was like, "Why 
are Grant and Maya constantly seeking his validation? And I was like, well, we have really misinformed the audience. Let me tell you, dear listener, and Tyler, actually, every time I FaceTime with Tyler, it is a lot about what's going on in Tyler's life, mm. which is fine, because as I've said before, his life is way more interesting. He's in Europe. Have I mentioned that? On like... Because if he, if she hasn't, he certainly will. So, <laughs> yeah, he he absolutely will. He'll tell you how study abroad changed his life, and like it did, and that's a whole different. It certainly thing. made him grow his hair longer. <laughs> True, but yeah. So I showed him that, and that made him like cackle, and mm. so I think that brought up his spirits a little bit. But it was just hilarious and he was like honestly i don't know if i'm being represented correctly but i think at this point we should just keep the character going and so i was like i love that you support us in this way (laughs) of letting us use your likeness uh at one point during the uh friend vacation one of my friends really liked one of the wines that we were tasting Mm -hmm. and was like what's what's that oprah quote and it might be applied to tyler oh no he's the mother i never had he is the sister we all deserve. He's the friend that, but I'm like, but like the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. It's not where, I did not know where you were going with that. Keep and it still everyone that. on their toes. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I don't see in my mind, that little joke just made perfect sense. And I'm sure that is not translating. So no, it apologies. made sense after I thought about it. I think I dissociated about halfway mm. through that joke. Cause I'm like, Grant's on another joke again. <laughs> Just wait till the punchline. The again insinuates they ever got off the last one. That's fair. Yeah, that's super fair. Who's your favorite president who served more than one term in Kennedy. the 20th century? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. There's like four that entire century. That is the wrong answer. And then the rest of them are the... It's whatever. It's fine. Um, actually... Great short segue that's happening right now. So yesterday was the 4th of July when we are recording this. And I, because of my degree in history education, but also my like natural theatricalness, means that my interest um, is quite a large, quite a wide spectrum. For the last like 32 hours, I have been binging, binging Ken Burns' documentary on the Civil War. (laughs) I didn't know where it was going. <laughs> I was very worried. Um, just, yeah, something about the 4th of July put me in a mood to watch a history documentary. That's fair. And Ken Burns' uh, documentary on the Civil War, fantastic. Good. I am, there are times in which I realize it is essentially just a picture slideshow with, mm-hmm. like, narration over it, because they don't do any of, like, the no. historical reenactments. They always take you out of it, you know, <laughs> the historical reenactments. You're just thinking about the actors. Like, what exactly. are they Exactly. And it's not like there's a lot of footage from the Civil War. A lot of still pictures. True. Um, but yeah, it's been great. So that's so that's where I'm at. I am in the just absolute summer mode right now. And to segue one last time, okay. really excited about tonight because tonight is your story, which means that I have had to do literally zero research. I've had to do no homework. I have no idea what I'm about to you learn. You didn't even show up on time. And like on time for Grant is like 15 <laughs> minutes late. He showed up like a full 35 minutes I late. I had to get camera ready, which mainly means shaving my head. We meet at seven o'clock every time. I don't know what you want. <laughs> Maybe. You're not working. Right. So I, when I was showering today, there was a moment when I was like, what day of the week is it? Because <laughs> we're not recording on our normal day, no, are we? No, Wednesday. Anyways, um, I'm excited. We don't have a normal day. Yes, yeah, Sundays, and then it became Mondays. Did we record on Sundays? 
Yeah, when I was uh, working during the school oh, year. Oh, we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I remember them some things. Anyways, excited because <laughs> I didn't have to do any research. Mm-hmm. Not even a little bit, like, for our Am I the Asshole episodes. Yeah, so that's super exciting. Um, I'm, just here to, I'm just here to learn. I'm just here to sit back, provide witty commentary. He's good at that. Um, I, I, I do s- need to get a drink, so we're going to have a... We're going to pause for a second. Have a, have a little pause. Well, I'm going to just stop it, so you didn't need to do that. You know what we haven't done in a while? What? Um, we haven't introduced each other. Oh, okay. And that's sometimes one of my favorite things to do. Let's do it. Are we introducing each other or ourselves yeah, this time? Whichever you want to do. Okay. What do you want to do? Because <laughs> anything I say now is going to be completely out of context. So um, that's my Warner, purveyor of all libations whenever we record. <laughs> <laughs> Says Grant, freeloader. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome. If you're still with us, amazing, both in terms of like episodes and this one particular. Fair. Uh, today, Maya's going to tell us a little story uh, that relates to our theme uh, right now, which is falsely imprisoned. Last week, I shared the heart-rendering story. <laughs> heart-rendering? Fri- yeah, like when... Wrenching. Heart-wrenching yes. story. <laughs> of the free Britney movement Mm -hmm. and Britney Spears' conservatorship. So I am ready to sit back, relax, continue to freeload, and (laughs) hear what mine has to tell us. Oh. Are you in a loud space again? Siri recognized your voice, and she heard sit back and relaxed, and she responded, I'm relaxed and alert. (laughs) Okay, do you know what did that on my phone recently? What? The Calm app, which is where I listen to all my yeah, sleep yeah. stories, oh, yeah. has recently started to do push notifications. And today was like, the brightest stars shine in the darkest nights. And I was like, I feel weird now <laughs> when I read that push notification. Are you on CoStar? No. It's like an ast- uh, an astrology app, yes. right? And so you like see what your signs are and right. then you can like friend people and see your compatibility. Do you know the only reason why I even kind of know what CoStar is? Why? I have a friend, lover to death, who messages other lesbians on CoStar. Oh my and God. And it's basically dating app adjacent for <laughs> her specific true, target though. audience. Fascinated I by feel it. like, yeah, <laughs> astrological lesbians are a different breed. Like they're not, they're not quite U-Haul, but they mm. are, they know everything about you. I'm a Taurus sun and a Taurus moon, which is why I am famously so well regulated. <laughs> but anyways, what about CoStar? Um, hold on, I'm going to look up CoStar push notifications because they're so funny. <laughs> I was with uh, my friends Abby and Maddie, who you've met. Yes, And I was like, oh, you can invite Sydney because it was to my birthday thing and we didn't have as many people as we were expecting. And so I was like, you can invite Sydney since like we have space for her. Right. And Abby just went, oh, her co-star said she's not up for new adventures today, so I can't invite her. <laughs> I, I know less and less the older I get. Yep. And so shout out to you for having the wind at your back exactly. and a direction to sail. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so CoStar will send you push notifications that are like your day at a glance. And it's like supposed to be based on mm. your Zodiac sign. But like, obviously it's more just because they've gotten attention because their push notifications are like verging on mean sometimes. Uh, be someone's service animal today. You're s- what? <laughs> your nervous energy won't be especially useful today. Get a plane ticket if you can and just go. Who, who, 
who is enabling these push notifications on their phone? I did for a while when I was mentally well. These are mean. Uh, Codependence is a temporary fix. One of them is just, who do you think you are? If a child said that to another <laughs> child in my classroom, I'd have to pull them aside and be like, what are you, what are you doing? If I said that to another child, it'd be funny. But no, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Like, your day will, or you will not fall apart right now. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> you have to believe in something. What are we at the grocery store? You will not fall apart right now. <laughs> Life has practical requirements. Are you aware of them? <laughs> We're all going to die someday, so take a chance today. I like to think these push notifications are actually just public data points for how the person who writes them is doing. Probably. Like, good day, bad day, exactly. single situationship taken, <laughs> just kind of wherever. The cups at your pride party. Right, exactly. They're, uh, they're, on a, they're on a holiday, and that's when they're like, get a plane ticket if you can. I feel better. Just go, yeah. I feel good. <laughs> Why be here when you could be gone? <laughs> want to be there <laughs> want to go there um, anyways this is not about push notifications bullying us kinda. although in a way we are falsely imprisoned by our phones that was bad <laughs> my has a story <laughs> <laughs> okay so i i i like to make fake little titles i went back and forth between calling this episode humble bragging and oh. gossip 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 i'm so i'm so excited <laughs> Okay, I will warn you all, the beginning of this episode is a little dark, because I wanted to have a tie-in point to today, and today is dark. So, okay. setting the scene. Palm Springs, California. February 3rd, 2019. Okay. Uh, just before midnight, there are shots heard, and the police are called to the 3,700th block of East Sunny Dunes Road, and they come across a very grisly scene. There is a Toyota Camry, a green Toyota Camry, sorry, mm. that has crashed into the brick wall in front of a home. Inside, there are three bodies. Inside the car or the home? The uh, car. Okay. Yuliana uh, Garcia, 17, Jacob Montgomery, 19, and Juan Duarte Rea, 18. And you might be thinking that maybe the car crash is what killed them and not the gunshots, but they were all found dead due to gunshot wounds. And that's also not it. Several blocks away, Carlos Campos Rivera, 25, was also found fatally shot. Okay, so when you said dark, you were mm -hmm. not joking. No, it was going to start out dark. Okay. We'll go up from here. Don't worry, kids. Okay. Just hang in there. Um, so Jose Laren Garcia, 19, was then found alive, hiding under a truck with blood on him. And he had discarded his bloody clothing, but they were like, still near him. He had a laceration on his arm, so the law enforcement took him to a medical center for treatment. And then there is security camera footage of him running from the hospital in a hospital gown before he had been released by doctors. He at this point made his way to his friend's house, Joseph, Joseph Beaver, who helped him prepare an escape plan. Joseph helped him gather belongings and then got a phone from Jose's mother and also purchased Jose a one-way ticket to Florida. Talk about a ride or die, right? Yeah. Yeah, honestly. If someone showed up bloody on my doorstep in a hospital gown, I don't know that I would do that for them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So during this night, Jose also attempted to change, like, his appearance. So he, like, cut his hair. There, I don't, I'm not 100% sure on what else he did, but sure, he, sure, sure. he definitely tried to change his appearance to be less identifiable. 
Um, however, the cops were one step ahead, and he was arrested the next day as he was trying to board the bus to Florida. Mm. From the evidence that they discovered, there's text messages and there's eyewitness testimony. It seemed to be that this was a drug bust gone or a drug deal gone very bad. Okay. But they couldn't really get any incriminating evidence on Jose Laren Garcia. So. Who's the one that had lacerations in the hospital? Mm-hmm. And so then ran. Jose Laren Garcia. Jose mm-hmm. is number one suspect number for one suspect. the violence. Okay. Yep. Um, so what do they do? A Perkins operation. Do you know what that is? I mean, I, I took a bunch of Perkins loans when I went to college. And <laughs> let me tell you, that also felt like a scam. <laughs> okay. But no, what is, what so, is this? What my story really is, is going to be about the Perkins operation. But okay. I wanted to tie this in, tie this into like a present day scenario, right? So we're going to go back in time. Donald Charlton. We're in now in uh, Illinois. Okay. What's he, the year? 18 or sorry 1986 okay so Jesus, we're going sorry. we're going pre-birth for either of us yes, okay exactly okay, okay uh donald charlton finds himself at graham correctional facility in hillsborough illinois in march of 1986 okay. he had just committed a burglary he was serving a six-year sentence okay he got assigned a cellmate his name is lloyd perkins um oh like a perkins operation mm-hmm. or the breakfast food chain Ooh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did some good with all his bad i understood perkins to always be a slightly fancier ihop but i don't think i have enough data points i have a lot of stories about my friend tyler vanola other tyler other tyler <laughs> that worked at a perkins in high school and it has made me believe firmly that Perkins is below IHOP on really? many levels. Can I also say just, I know this is not what we're talking about, but like if we lived a hundred years ago, other Tyler mm-hmm. is the kind of person who'd be like, you never guess what happened to me today. And he's like, march with the suffragettes by act. Like basically Tyler gives me Forrest Gump vibes where he's just accidentally yes. in bizarre and interesting situations. Abs- we went to an escape room with him and like my two other high school friends, Lottie and Mason and, and Casey. And we were like, we did the escape room fine. All great. Whatever. We went to, like, get drinks and food afterwards. He told us the most insane stories. <laughs> and we all agreed collectively that we need to get together to watch some cult documentaries. <laughs> because we are so certain he is going to get into a cult somehow. Accidentally. Acc- like, he yes. won't notice it. It's, I mean, I think I've shared this on the pod already. Yeah. But it's like when a kid tells a truly traumatic story yeah. in class. And all you can say is... That's a wild thing you just said. Damn, that's crazy. What you just, damn, that's <laughs> that's nuts. And in a couple more years, I hope you're around people when you start to unpack that. I, but for right now, on this surface level yeah. conversation, a lot of people are going to have different reactions to that story. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, he says something crazy. He 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 had like a German scientist hit on him while he was in Italy. All Tyler's in our lives love terrorizing. Europeans. Europeans. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually the super that true. Is the thing. Your Tyler's but belong in Europe. We were talking about um, yes. Illinois and it, this Illinois. I said it right. I said it right. Illinois. It's going and everywhere. <laughs> Illinois. Put it on a shirt. Just seven Illinois. <laughs> um, about this yes. prison in Illinois yes. and uh, inmate Perkins. Yes. So he has uh, Donald Charlton is serving a six year sentence for burglary. He's assigned a cellmate, Lloyd Perkins. Um, 
I'm not sure what he's serving a sentence for. I did do a lot of digging. Once okay. you figure out what this whole story is about, you'll realize why it's incredibly difficult to find mm. all of the case information. Okay. But one day, Donald and Lloyd are chit-chatting, talking, as cellmates do. Lloyd brags to Charlton that although he wasn't in jail for it at the time, he had previously murdered someone. Oh. In East St. Louis. This is my first inkling that I might vaguely know a little bit about what was, what's going on. Yep. Okay, continue. Uh, he had previously murdered someone in East St. Louis two years prior, so in ni- late 1984. So Donald now finds himself in a moral dilemma. Mm. Yes, he's in jail. Yes, he's technically a criminal by the law. But now someone has confessed a more serious cr- crime right. to him, at least morally. Right. And he doesn't know what to do with that. And so he finds a way. He's decided that he needs to tell someone. Okay. He finds a way to get this information to Agent Kenneth Karunka of the Department of Criminal Investigation in Litchfield, Illinois. Um, He was not offered any compensation for this information, nor did he ask for any. Okay. When asked why he was giving up this information right. about his cellmate, he just said, quote, people should not kill people. Mm, we kind of love that. No, like you can rob people. Like, I can get behind a nice little Robin Hood, but <laughs> don't kill people. <laughs> um, I don't know what he burglarized. So <laughs> we are we are very regularly on this prod- podcast strongly like. Just do a silly little bit, just like just all of the time. <laughs> um, kind of love that he was just like, you know, yeah. I think he should, I think like justice needs to be served. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything else additional. I do think perhaps maybe a little selfishly, he's like, hey, I just did a burglary and this guy murdered someone. Why so I maybe <laughs> I shouldn't be in the same room with him all the time. That is first That's and foremost fair. where I'm going. It could yeah. be a safety thing for him. That's a good point. Okay, so Charlton like basically like Snitched. snitches on Perkins. Mm-hmm. Snitch has such a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Shares the new information he has, he has about learned. his neighbor yes. and roommate. So Ken Karanka starts trying to figure out where this information has because Lloyd has not been convicted for any murders. Okay. So he's trying to like take the information Charlton has given him and match it to a case that hasn't been solved. So he relays the details of Lloyd's confession to several police departments in the East St. Louis area, and it gets to Fairfield, or sorry, Fairview Heights, Illinois. Um, Stefan Walters, who's a detective at that police station, manages to match the details provided by Donald Charlton to a cold case that occurred in 1984. Okay. Um, Richard Stephenson was found shot in his home in Fairview, Illinois in no- on November 8th of 1984. And Charlton then was able to answer some more questions from Stephen Walters uh, and enough detail to convince Stephen that Lloyd must be the real perpetrator because there are details in there that only the perpetrator would know. Okay. So at this point... Lloyd was released from the Graham Correctional Facility sometime during Walters confirming Lloyd that he Perkins? believed. Yes. Okay. Lloyd was released from the Graham Correctional Facility sometime during Walters confirming that he was believed that he believed Lloyd was the murderer. Um, I'm not sure if Lloyd was released on parole or what the situation was, but he was released. Um, at this point, his confession to Charlton is not 100% reliable, and they recognize mm. that his information would be easy to dissect or question in court. Because obviously, like, if you're going to get the only incriminating evidence you have from another criminal, they're not going to believe it. So, Walters needs more solid evidence to get an arrest warrant for Lloyd. Okay. 
he concocts a plan to have Charlton contact Lloyd in the outside world and have Charlton wear a wire and then get him to start getting to Lloyd So the to idea the is like Charlton's going to get released. Mm-hmm. He's going to go find his old roommate mm-hmm. Lloyd and be like, hey, you know, I was thinking in all that time there, remember that crazy story <laughs> you told me once? It, yeah. Here's the thing. I, okay. I just need more details. Will yeah. you just, will you just say it? Like right, right here, here. <laughs> right what into, do you, what do you think into my, my breast pocket. What do, you, what do you think of my new polo shirt? <laughs> um, so this is fascinating. Have you seen that episode of Bob's Burgers? Do you watch Bob's Burgers? I do, yes. There's an episode where uh, Bob is trying to convict or like help the health inspectors yes. get the guy selling, selling horse, horse meat. meat. <laughs> and he stands up on his chair and he's like, will you tell me more? <laughs> And about that meanwhile tina's like getting ready to go rambo style yes 100 yes, um oh my god so this all the story also reminds me fortunately i've never been to prison mm-hmm. fortunately i've never done anything or been convicted of anything that would get Love me there but you. never been to prison Good. um i did however have a random roommate my freshman year of college Ooh, that's just as bad and listen some of y'all now going off to college have like basically your own little apartments yeah. that people come in and clean that's not what college is, folks. You're supposed to nope. be on a bunk bed, <laughs> twin mattress, or right below you is either a futon, a TV from the 90s, yes. or a mini fridge. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be so small that if you needed to, you could reach over and touch your roommate's bunk mm-hmm. to encourage you to get out of your dorm, dorm and leave. And that's actually exactly how I met the friends that I just went on vacation with. Oh my god. But... Do you talk They're to like, your roommate? What? Do you talk to your roommate? Right. So that's actually what I'm about okay, to confess. Cool. Um, I was paired with someone who was equally as like kind of clean and neat as I am, oh, that's which good. was nice. Yeah. Uh, but I had grown up in the big city of Lincoln, Nebraska, oh, geez. population 300,000. And I was paired with an incredibly nice man. His name was, I think, Jordan. And um, he grew up in between two small towns. So oh, whereas so small, small co- Correct, correct, correct. So while I wanted to go to bed every night with like the blinds wide open so we could see like the city at night and stuff, yeah. it was already so intensely bright for him that we had to spend the entire year with the blinds closed. And Jordan was sweet. He was very quiet. He was very respectful, as neat as he said he was on his survey. Um, and he had a wonderful girlfriend. Ooh. And uh, one time... Uh, second semester at the girlfriend when she was staying over looked at me and goes Grant why don't you have a girlfriend oh, I was out in college just not out to Jordan my roommate and so I was like oh you know I'm just really busy <laughs> which is a thing I've been telling my aunts for 15 years anyways Jordan was sweet we like you know say our goodbyes the last day of college and then two years later I get a Facebook invite to his wedding and I was like I don't even know. Sorry, I'm still in college. Like four or five years later, mm-hmm. I get a Facebook invite to, to his wedding and I'm just filled with all of these emotions. Yeah. Do I get a plus one? Yeah. Do I bring a man or a woman? That's, yeah. Do I go at all? <laughs> Ultimately, I, I clicked maybe yeah. on the Facebook event, which is, of course, First a polite all, no. That's um, and, so, I, and I wished him all the best. That's but. such a millennial thing to have your Facebook invites <laughs> on Facebook. Well, I'm sure he didn't have my like mailing Wedding address or anything like that. But but yeah, I am. Um, I too have been contacted by a near total stranger <laughs> after our time together in confined space. 
I love that that's what that's what triggered the memory that's what I'd be like God if Jordan reached out now I'd be like hey how is your marriage going are you farming that's nuts anyways okay Okay. so so Charlton reaches out to Perkins and was like hey that's the plan we haven't gotten there yet so there's a plan to send Charlton to Perkins wearing a wire to get that confession again on tape Walter gets a court order to release Charlton, because if you remember, he's serving a six-year sentence, so right. he has not finished okay. serving that. So he gets a court order to release Charlton for this. Um, but before they're able to even follow through with the plan, Lloyd gets incarcerated again. for aggra- Yeah, for aggravated battery charges. That's on recidivism in our system, folks. Yep. Um, on March 30th... That's not good news. Okay. No! On March 30th, 1986, on counts of aggravated battery charges, and he is incarcerated at... Montgomery County Jail in Hillsborough, Illinois. Okay. And so they have to come back. They have to replan. <laughs> do they just do they just transfer Charlton? No. So okay. here's what happens. Um, Walter determines that bugging a jail cell would be impractical <laughs> and ineffective. So they don't do that. So they have to concoct a whole new plan. The world's worst podcast, but okay. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> okay. We're experts. Yeah. Come to us. Uh, they... Send Jar- they want to send Donald Charlton into Montgomery County Jail along with a member of law enforcement okay. on March 31st, 1986. So they pick John Parisi, who's a narcotics agent for the Metropolitan Enforcement Group of Southwest Illinois. Charlton and Parisi are under strict instructions to report anything Lloyd says that might pertain to any crime, really, but specifically this murder and not directly question him or bring up the subject of the murder. Just allow Mm. him to bring it up on his own. Okay. So obviously they need a cover story. They need a plan. The cover story is John Parisi is going to use an alias of Vito Bianco. (laughs) That feels like Italian hate criming. I I meant to look up a picture of John Parisi (laughs) just to see. His name is what? Vito Bianco. Why don't you just call him Mafia Murder Face? Exactly. I feel like he has to look Italian to pull that off. So anyway. What's your drag prison name? (laughs) Because mine's Talk Too Much Squishy Belly. Like, I don't know. Talk Too too Much Squishy Belly. Mine is won't leave the bed too depressed. (laughs) Mine is finally getting the sleep he needs. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Obviously, prison conditions are great. In prison, or there was a TikTok that I found of this guy that had been released from prison, and he's like, "These are the habits that I maintain out once I've been released." Mm. And a lot of them I had to be have to do with like maintaining a clean space and like living and stuff like that. And the big one was he takes a nap every day at 4 p.m. Because that's when they used to do, like, the, the the guards would take stock of all the prisoners. Yeah, and they okay. would have to go back into their cells. And they couldn't really do anything. So he would just take a nap every day at 4. And I was like... I do that now. I was like, maybe I'm living the life <laughs> of a reformed prisoner. It's <laughs> <was> like, ooh. <laughs> I don't like that I relate to that. <laughs> I also, I if I were to be sent in, I know what name I'd want to I'd have. What is it? Tough Tony Pascoli. <laughs> I'm so impressed you got it right. The only time that or what? Tinier Tony. Tinier Smith. Okay, well, I mean, we got Tinier Tony's alliteration. Okay, so um, they they come up with a like hateful Italian stereotypical yeah. nickname. It's the '80s. And send him in with an alias. Yep. And so, and Charlton. And Charlton. And are Donald they just saying Charlton. that Charlton just got transferred? We'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah. So Vito and Donald 
their cover story is that Vito and Donald met and then escaped from a work release program at the Graham Correctional Facility where they where he was okay. initially. Uh, and they were on the run now to California, but they ran out of money and they got caught in the process of a burglary, which is what Donald Charlton had initially gotten arrested for. Okay. So the story, like, honestly, I would fall for it. I mean, it feels a little elaborate. Oh, yeah. There was a prison break and then we were on our way. And then, like, there's so many details to that. I don't think they're the going in. The best lie is the simplest lie. To be fair, I don't think they're going in being like, hey, this is my friend. We just escaped from a work facility. <laughs> We're going to California. And then we ran out of money. And then we got arrested. I like, just don't know why I got in a fight in the yard. Now I'm here. I don't... Also, I'm like, my teacher well, brain here, is there's... always in the background. Part of me is like, we had to redo the seating chart. And now Charlton's here. <laughs> <laughs> not because I ship you to. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Some of my, I've heard of teachers who do that. And I mm-hmm. always think that's because it's like pretty clear when young people have crushes on each other. Mm-hmm. I am, um, I'm just barely keeping my head above water eight years in. And I'm like, they're all, they're all safe. That like the idea of coming up with a seating chart to like ship students together. Cute, adorable. Don't have that kind of energy. <laughs> don't have that kind of my time. My AP US history teacher I don't remember if she had like admitted it or insinuated it, but I was always seated next to my friend Ben, mm. um, who I did have a crush on when I first met him. Nice. Uh, he's very gay. Yes. And but I don't think that she ever picked up on that, and so she kept just seating us next to <laughs> each other. <laughs> and that's on me having a lot of gay friends. Part of me thinks it was actually because Ben was very talkative, and you weren't absolutely and not so you guys were paired together to like solve that issue i think it might have been that's I was... a lot of times what these seating charts are for <laughs> which personalities don't match well and thus aren't gonna feed off of each I other i think it was that i was not good at history and he was <laughs> i think i just said what i said you're I right think. you're right you're right it, let's be clear ben was not the problem <laughs> it's probably me <laughs> ben was actually straight before he met maya I'm, I'm, <laughs> um okay so the plan was that we're we're in the cover story is their cover story is that they ran out of money and they got arrested again right. and sent to the jail the same jail that Lloyd Perkins is at. The plan is that Donald, who had known Lloyd Perkins previously, would introduce Lloyd to Vito, um, since they had previously known one another. They would convince Lloyd to join them in an escape plan from this prison, Montgomery County Jail, and then join them also on the run to California. So. They get to the prison. It is March 31st of 1986. Donald introduces Vito to Lloyd. Uh, They told Lloyd their cover story. Vito said that he, quote, wasn't going to do any more time and suggested they all escape jail. The three amigos decided to later meet that evening to discuss the plan after the inmates were asleep. The the structure of the jail was kind of like a dorm, right, where you like have the cells mm. and then there's like a big common space. Stay tuned for Facebook invites to people's weddings. Maybe. Gotcha. I, <laughs> I used my dorm's common space to watch Glee with one of my best friends. Um, and that was also its form of torture for everyone else. It's fine. I avoided Glee at all costs. <laughs> I still can't handle it. It's too much. Um... Okay, Lloyd tells them that Montgomery County Jail is, quote, rinky-dinky, and that he could get his girlfriend on the outside to smuggle them a gun. And then at this point, Donald and Vito are like, whoa, we don't think we need a gun. 
we're just getting out of here. He said yes and to the Exactly. Plan. He was like, I'll get a gun. Into the jail. We murder three people and then no one messes with us. Exactly. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So Donald says, quote, hey, I'm not a mur- murderer. I'm a burglar. That's your guys' profession. Mm. So Lloyd then tells Donald he would be responsible for any murder that occurred. Uh, so don't worry. Okay. Vito asked Lloyd if he had ever, quote, done someone. Lloyd then recounted the events of the murder. There it is. Of Richard okay. Stephenson All right. All in right. detail. I forget that that is actually what the objective of this mission is. <laughs> and thus that was like really appropriate because part of me was like, just the, w- yes, exactly. Just like the worst social situation you could ever be in. So, yeah, like so much pressure to like. You're such a good story. I'm, I'm just like in this story. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I was, I'll go into how frustrated I was trying to get this story together. Anyway, um, the following morning, Stefan Walters, who is the lead detective on the Richard Stephenson murder case, received word from the prison that Vito, a.k.a. John Parisi, had given the signal to a guard that Lloyd had confessed. So John and Donald are then allowed to leave Montgomery County Jail. So I'm not sure at this point if Donald goes back to the other jail. Right. I feel like he sh- he does because he didn't ask for any reward. Right. But I'm, I'm again, I couldn't find information on that. Okay. Um, and then at this point, Lloyd is arrested for the murder of Richard Stephenson. And was read his Miranda rights. Like arrested in jail for it? He was, I mean, arrested around that area. Like he does have to be taken and told isn't what he he's convicted of. In... He is already. Okay, so they just come to his jail cell and they're like, surprise. He might have to go to like a holding facility because okay. okay. he'll have to be tried in Fairview Heights okay. or something. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure how that works, but he, he's okay. arrested yeah. for the murder of Richard Stephenson. Now, do you see where the problem might lie? In convicting uh, Lloyd Perkins with the information that you have. I mean, all you have is his, like, confession on tape. But how admissible is that in court? I mean, it's a it's technically a law official that has gotten that confession. So it's as admissible as if someone else confessed in an interrogation room. But he wasn't read his Miranda rights before. There it is. Oh, did I get it right? Yes. You got so excited. I'm endorsed to teach civics, so that was actually a lot of anxiety for me a little bit. <laughs> it was the Miranda rights. Okay. So, because he was not read his Miranda rights mm. before he made that confession, and it was technically a member of law enforcement that got that confession out of him, it becomes a legal issue. So they needed to put the wire on Carpenter and not... Carpenter. Whatever. Chadron, what's his name? Charlton. Charlton. Donald. I'm so close and yet so far away. <laughs> so if they put meant. it on Charlton, mm-hmm. A-OK. But because they put it on offensive Italian stereotype name, yeah. officer, yeah. not good. Did you know Miranda writes the name comes from, because the Supreme Court oh, we'll case. we'll get into it. Oh, for reals? Mm-hmm. Last name was Miranda. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to say. OK, continue. That's how it always works. Not, OK. Roe v. Wade. Roe is a person. I don't, I don't know how many people know that. I, I <laughs> When, I, when I first learned it, I thought it was interesting. No, they interviewed the person after Roe v. Wade was overturned. They interviewed the the person that Roe v. Mm. Wade was based around, like right. the person that was born and the uh, like abortion was in question. Anyway, so the Miranda rights, for those of you who aren't aware, are the rights in like, I mean, if you haven't seen an arrest on cop shows where when the cop is arresting someone. You've got the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be provided for you. I don't know after that because it usually then cuts just, to you... commercial on cops. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> he got it right. The, the last part is, do you understand the, the mm. rights I have read to you? With these rights in mind, do you wish to speak to me? Nice. 
Mm -hmm. So these rights are meant to be read to you prior to questioning per Miranda v. Arizona, which is where these rights originate from. So Miranda v. Arizona, the quick and dirty, as I called it. I love how this ends. Okay. (laughs) March 3rd. 1936. I just love how every time we jump further and further back. Yeah, we're just. This is how back. I tell stories. I'm like, okay, but before you know any of that, you have to all know all of you this. You need to know my relationship with church camp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, and before we get to that, you know, I got to know what happened when I was six. And here's how my childhood <laughs> trauma affects me today. But before you know any of that, we have to go back to when I was born. And when I was 27, I read Brene Brown for the first time. Now that <laughs> triggered something, and we're gonna get to that in a sec. Like uh, that is how this story is unraveling. For well, yeah. I think this started off in 2019, oh, yeah. and we're now, what, 80 years or more or less? We're in the 60s, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, so Miranda v. Arizona. Miranda v. Arizona, the quick and dirty of this case. March 3rd, 1963, Ernesto Miranda is arrested at his home by Phoenix police. He's charged with rape, kidnapping, and robbery. Police interrogate him for two hours before getting Ernesto to sign a written confession attesting to his knowledge mm. of his rights and admission of his crimes. Prior to this interrogation, Ernesto was not read his rights or not made aware of his rights. His rights, if you don't know, dear listener, are the Fifth Amendment and Sixth Amendment. Correct. Fifth Amendment is? Uh, The right to remain silent and to not incriminate yourself. And that extends to, I believe, your married partners. I think so. We, I don't. I didn't look into that. Okay. Um, it protects from self-incrimination and requires police to inform any detainee of their rights. And... Uh, invoking your Fifth Amendment is not just cause mm-hmm. for further investigation. Yep. And you can do this with any interaction with law enforcement. If someone pulls you over and says, do you know why I pulled you over? You are not to say anything mm-hmm. and to say, no, I don't, or I will not speak to law enforcement without the presence of my attorney. Mm-hmm. To say that does not then make you look guilty and yes. cannot be used to then like search your car or things mm-hmm. like that. And young people, I know the impulse to like just spill everything and say everything when you think you're in trouble, but believe me, you can be a good citizen and a good person and also be surrounded by legal counsel and your guardians and and watch out for yourself and here's the interesting thing about this i actually had drinks with my um friend who's about to take the bar and so this actually like was practice for her which was really good and i'm not going to name her because she's not a lawyer yet right but (laughs) we like talked about talked through some of this and actually so with your miranda rights you can be silent and they can't use that silence against you in court however if you do not say, I'm invoking my right to remain silent, which at that point, the police are supposed to leave. Right. They're not supposed to bug you anymore. If you never say that, they can yell and try and get you to confess how for however long until you explicitly say, I am invoking my right to remain silent, which right. is crazy to me. So I, yes. So love, yes. Because yeah. it then confirms one of my all-time favorite TikToks. Mm-hmm. It says, here is what you are supposed to say if you get pulled over by the police. Yeah. You, when they come up to your window, you roll down your window enough to slip your license and insurance through and to be able to be heard when you're communicating. You do not need to roll it all the way down. And then any question they ask you, you get to say, um, I will not be answering any questions without the presence of my attorney. And that is your answer to everything. Now, if you think you can sweet talk your way out of a speeding ticket, if you got God's moneymakers or a blooming personality, like some of us, honey, shoot that shot. Like, I'm not here to tell you how to manage that specific situation. But if you're like, oof. 
And obviously there's some privilege here, right? Like mm. if we were not white presenting individuals, right. this would not be something that I would be recommending because I've seen all the people, like there's a black police officer that like teaches people how to respond to, teaches particularly POC people to respond to like those kinds of interrogations or like when police pull overs. And so it's kind of fucking crazy. But anyway. Maya, that's such a wonderful point because... I have a wonderful, like, big group of people in my life, a bunch mm-hmm. of different worldviews, that at times I do forget that I'm a bald white man. Yeah. But the time that I'm reminded it the most, mm-hmm. and then again, this is privilege, but the time I'm most reminded that I'm a bald and bearded white man is when I walk out of Trader Joe's <laughs> and HRC and Greenpeace, who is asking everybody to sign up, holds their clipboards closer to their chest as I like waddle like, past essentially. Yeah, exactly. They're like, let's not ask the January 6th conspirator to sign <laughs> up. And it's like, I am the most progressive in my entire friend group. I said bootlicker like two episodes ago. I will sign up for anything because I was raised without the ability to True. say no in social situations but people look at me and they're like oh, let's just go ahead and let the uh, the Romney 2012 <laughs> voter on his way to his car let's go let's let the duck dynasty watching man make it to his lifted truck with his like <laughs> decals and uh, it's let's let's let this man who drinks Bud Light unironically <laughs> Not anymore. Make his way. Right. Well, right. Not anymore. You drink Modellos. Right. Which I think is also so owned by Budweiser. And Bush. Let's let this man who's never once researched a cause before voting make his way to... (laughs) There it is. And so now imagine taking that personality into a gay bar. (laughs) And you understand my dilemma. (laughs) They're like, he's he's gay? I either help you reach a healthy point in your relationship with your father... Or I intimidate you. There's no in between there. <laughs> I have never been more reminded of my privilege than when we posted that NDA TikTok. Mm. And people just like uh, didn't listen to the podcast, which is fine. Right. Like that's not the point of the reels. It's the, the point of the reels is to be entertaining right. and maybe like bring people in who want to listen. But the a number of people that were like, this white man saying the system yes. isn't built for him. I was like. And then people were talking about how we're two white people. Right. And I had to be like. First of all, <laughs> not white. I'm not white. Right. I have to be very specific in being I'm white presenting. Right. And that's that does give me some privilege. Right. I am not inherently white. Just for you viewer out there, I am Japanese American raised by an immigrant mother. Right. <laughs> I I'm actually kind of glad you brought this up. Sure, but I mean, still like a white gay, and we can be the worst. But the thing is, we can, and I can say it. Um, I was actually talking to my brother about this exact thing, Mm -hmm. about like a white man saying the system wasn't built for us. And I was like, Griffin, I agree. Like, that's that's what my politics is. That's my worldview. It's just Obviously, I meant like the individual worker in the system. And in the system, like the white individual worker, the white male individual worker, still is has the yeah. best odds mm-hmm. of everyone. 100%. That's my problem. But you don't wade into comment sections. I'm a I'm a child of the internet. I know that wading in does nothing. So oh. this is me sending love and appreciation to people who called me out on my white privilege. Super fair. I agree with you. Super fair. Out of context, absolutely the right thing to call me out on. And uh, keep us honest. True. Honestly, yeah. yeah I. 
I made the mistake of looking up stitches to our TikToks on TikTok mm. and found one of this like woman that uh, this black woman that was like I can't believe or she didn't actually say anything like she she stitched the TikTok and was like oh, I can't believe and that's you a know? fair read that's if you don't have fair. the other context and yeah. I literally I commented and I was like just so you know like we're talking about like capitalism on this like surface level right. uh, like us as like middle class working class people we know that we're we have privilege as like white presenting people and she like kind of came at me for a second and was mm. like you're like a, a white tone deaf baby or something is what she called me and i was like before we continue i'm not white right i am the woman in that video i am not white and also like both of us come from some kind of protected class right sure and so we we like continued the conversation and it ended up in a very like healthy place where Ooh, cool. i was like we're both like learning. I'm really sorry that this is how it came off because right. I, the only reason I responded was because there was a lot of likes and comments sure. on the video. Otherwise I would have just let it go because I can't handle that for my mental health. <laughs> but she basically kind of ended off and she was like, you, like, you need to recognize that all the people in your comments were basically white women agreeing with you for the most mm. part. And like, that's super fair. Like we do have people that are not white commenting and agreeing with us, but there, it is a lot yeah. of white people and that's fine. Um, but we do need to recognize where our audience is. And so it was like, yeah, I totally recognize that. And then I did send her a message and I was like, if you would have like a better way for us to like right. phrase that in the future, like let us know. But I also understand it's not your responsibility to educate us on right. this. Mat she like followed us back. And so like, oh, cool. it was a very healthy like conversation. I like, it's very strange to be in that situation because sure. I consider myself very, very liberal and right. very socially aware. And it's very strange to have like just a snippet of who you are put out there and have people be like, they don't know what they're talking about. I think you know? one of the, gosh, it's all full of life advice right now. I know. But one of the, I learned this, I actually think I learned this at work in a professional development session, which is wild, but it's something that it, it's hard to hold on to, but I work to keep it. And that is, if something I have done mm -hmm. has upset someone, mm -hmm. like that is then where the conversation needs to start. Exactly. Not like what my intentions were, not what the context was, not like where my heart is. Mm -hmm. Like the actual item number one on the agenda is that I have done something that has upset someone else and I want to come yes. meet them in a place where we can resolve whatever needs to be exactly. resolved and i hope that like in the process i can build a relationship with the person who then understands mm -hmm. and can trust what my intentions were but i put something out in the world mm -hmm. and it upset someone else and if i don't want that person to be upset with me then it's my job to address the hurt not exactly. defend my cause and try to gaslight them out of being exactly hurt. and that's yeah. one big thing i've learned in therapy is what therapy taught me <laughs> uh, tennis lessons Therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah. Me and Casey, like, have... Probably the same price, to be completely honest. Continue. <laughs> uh, me and Casey have had to work on a lot, like, if one of us says something that offends the other person, to, like, take a step back and be like, is this, like, this is how I took that? Is right. that how you meant that? Right. And then further, like, this is what you said that upset me, and how can we move forward? Right. And that's, like, I don't get along with my parents and I feel like that's safe to say at this point on the podcast and that's one of the big reasons why is that we're not able to communicate mm. when one of us upsets the other and like really or like tell each other why and right. ask for resolution and actually like that's how I've made really good friendships now is because I've had conversations with my closer friends that have been like if I say something that really rubs you the wrong way or right. that makes you feel negatively towards me I need you to tell me right and we can come at it totally emotionally neutral and that's fine. Right. But I need to know because I'm going to do it again. Right. 
And so Tyler Pritchard, actually the one in Europe, <laughs> is like one of the first people that came to me while, because I spent two weeks with him in Europe. And obviously when you spend two weeks with someone, you're gonna right. eat each other alive, right? Correct. And Tyler did a lot of things that like really pissed me off. And that's fine. And I did a lot of things that pissed him off. But he actually came to me at some point and told me, he was like, hey, you're doing this thing that's like really rubbing me the wrong way and like kind of making me irritated and like feeling bad about myself. Like, do you mind if I ask you to like, stop or right. do something different and that was like i was like oh my god yes yeah. of course and i've had a couple other friends like lee being one of them that have been like when you say that stuff i like don't like it or i'm trying i'm really sensitive about that do you mind not talking about that right. that's incredible and also like the gift of having people in our lives who want us to be around enough yeah. that if something's upsetting them they're like hey can we resolve this and work this exactly. because i know i know my younger self and if something was happening that someone was doing that upset me, girl, I just ghosted. I disappeared. Exactly. I was just gone. There was no resolution. And a friendship died. Like, a relationship mm -hmm. died. And so, so yeah. Shout out to the people who keep us honest. Both yeah. those that we know and those that we meet online. Because not only does it show that you're, like, invested in like me it shows that you're invested in our relationship and you don't right. want to just quit because i've done something that pissed you off and right. that really means a lot anyway Absolutely. so where were we what we were trying to say is this advice around the fifth amendment and using it in your interactions with law Ooh. enforcement comes from a place of a white man and a, at times white presenting woman who presenting. are having a different That's relationship fine. with law enforcement That's but crazy. if you enjoy some of the identity markers that maya and i do you use have that privilege. amendment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And use that amendment to your benefit, absolutely. baby. For me, it's the personality. <laughs> I don't have boobs, but I know some people who do. Um, so anyway, uh, Miranda, where we were, Miranda was basically interrogated for two hours, not read his rights. He uh, signed a confession that said he knew about his rights and his admission of the crime mm. um, without really knowing what those were. So his Fifth Amendment right, protects from self-incrimination and requires police to inform their detainee of any rights, of their rights. Sixth Amendment guarantees criminal suspects the right to a personal or state-issued attorney. So you don't need to be questioned by law enforcement without the presence of an attorney. Okay, so that all happened March 3rd. March 27th, Miranda's denied legal representation at the preliminary hearing. Not He's denied representation? Denied. Okay. Yep. So that's a whole nother reason for the Miranda rights. Okay. June 27th of that same year, Miranda is convicted of rape and kidnapping and sentenced to a max 55 years. In large part because of the document he signed without yes. acknowledgement of his rights. Yes, okay. exactly. Um, June 12th, two years later, 1965, Miranda's lawyer, whose name is Alvin Moore, appeals the case to the Arizona Supreme Court claiming that Miranda's Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights had been violated. Arizona stands by the conviction. So they basically say there was no wrong done here. Mm. So Moore, the attorney, appeals to the U.S. Supreme Court. In February, on February 28th of 1966, a year later, the case is brought in front of the U.S. Supreme Court in Miranda v. Arizona. June 12th of that same year, Justice, Chief Justice Earl Warren rules that Miranda's confession it is illegitimate and holds that Miranda's fifth and sixth right amendment rights were violated. February 15th of the following year, uh, 1967, Miranda does get a retrial and is found guilty. Okay. With, without the use of his confession. <laughs> okay. And is sentenced to 30 years. 
That's not like funny. It's just like it is it's, a little it's ironic. A, it's like oh, we it. went through all of this, yes. and actually, he is guilty. But we do have the privilege of like the protected yeah. rights that oh, comes yeah. with it. And I'm surprised that Double Jeopardy allowed them to retry him. That's interesting because the conviction was was overturned because of the way that it was taken to court. So I think okay. I mean, yeah. because cool. some of the court, some of the evidence that was used in court, it was ruled as inadmissible. Really, what I'm just trying to do is show off that I know what Double Jeopardy is. I'm endorsed to teach civics, <laughs> and I watch a lot of true crime documentaries. Double Jeopardy <laughs> is when you hit the right token on Jeopardy, and it goes ba 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 ba, and you get a wager how much. Do you so watch? So you Jeop- weren't okay. actually like bragging about civics; you were bragging about the fact that you watch Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> I. I am fun, and Pride Month is a great time to be my friend. Pride Month is and over. And also, I love Ken Burns documentaries, <laughs> and okay, do that's, challenge that's myself fair. on Jeopardy. Okay, Ken Burns, fair. Inside you, there are two wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them would love to answer obscure questions from what is 19th Miranda century <laughs> American history. Okay. 1972, Miranda is then released on parole. So he is sentenced to 30 years after being found guilty. Uh, So he's released on parole, what, like five years later. Uh, January 31st, 1976, Miranda stabbed to death. Oh. Uh, When the killer is apprehended, he's read his Miranda rights. And what na- a Game of Thrones ending Nature is to human. Ernesto Bernay Miranda. No. I mean, that was sounds... my favorite part of like the article that I read. They were like, ironically, the stabber. I mean, like tragic ending. Sounds mm-hmm. like a rough life. Yeah. Thankful that his particular case enshrined our rights 100%. as they are right now. Although I think they have recently been challenged in the Supreme Court, like Miranda rights mm, specifically. Um, so. We have finally resolved one case. Yes. There are still two more. Are we going back to Perkins now in the 1980s? Now we're going back to Perkins. Okay. Yep. So Perkins, who confessed to a law enforcement agent without being notified that it was a law enforcement agent. Oh, is this why they always... Wait, is this why they always say on movies... Should I stop? No, you can go. Okay. Is this why they always say in movies, are you a cop? Because if you're a cop, you got to say so. Is that where this comes from? It comes yeah. from a breakfast chain? <laughs> a little. <laughs> Mayako, I need to hear more. I need okay. to hear more. <laughs> so Miranda v. Arizona is crucial not only because are you protected from accidental self-incrimination, your silence can also not be used against you right. in prosecution during trial. And any admission made prior to being read, your Miranda rights can also not be used in trial or okay. in court. And this comes into play in a lot of different cases that we'll get into a little bit, but primarily this case with Perkins. So Lloyd Perkins defense team, once they get to court, motioned the court in Illinois to suppress the confession he had made to Donald and Vito because Lloyd was not read his Miranda rights prior to confessing. And the court granted this motion and rules that Donald and John were, quote, agents of the state and therefore needed to read Lloyd his Miranda rights. So. The state appeals this decision. Um, basically, they're saying we want to be able to use that confession in the trial. Right. And the state is saying you can't. So they appeal this decision and a three judge panel in Illinois held the decision, meaning they agreed with the initial ruling um, to suppress the confession. Right. The state's arguments are as follows. Um, Miranda v. Arizona only applies to, quote, custodial interrogations, um, which means 
that it's like a when like what you it see in a cop shows. It only applies when you are clearly being interrogated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, when you're like in an interrogation room, a cop is actively asking questions, something like that. Okay. Um, a prosecutor cannot make any innocent or guilty statements arising from a custodial interrogation that happens prior to the Miranda rights being read. And so their argument is that it was not a custodial interrogation. Because Parisi and Charlton did not coerce Lloyd Perkins into saying Mm. any of the details of the crime, they merely engaged him in friendly conversation, which allowed... I feel like, listen, I'm not on... I'm not on Perkins' side, per se, mm-hmm. but they were like, here's our ticket out of here. And then Perkins was like, I have information that you guys might want to use then. Feels a little like coercion. A little. Um, but they weren't saying, like, you did this crime, didn't you? Oh. Right? Like... It actually reminds me a little bit of the Unabomber when it's like, what's the definition of sabotage bombings? It's actually terrorism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Muck duck. <laughs> Dwight Schrute gets a space in all of our podcast episodes. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so um, because they didn't coerce him into the details of the crime, they merely engaged him in friendly conversation. This allowed Lloyd to feel as though he was talking to companions and not being interrogated. Um, Because Perkins genuinely believed John Parisi going as Vito Bianco to be a, like, gang biker, basically, I think is what his cover was. The state argued that although Parisi was a, quote, agent of the prosecution, this played no factor because Lloyd gave the information voluntarily. It wasn't like, hey, you ever met a Richard Stephenson? Right. Like, what, where were you on November 8th? Um, where were you? <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> Danny would know. Our friend Danny always knows exactly what. Like, he it's was crazy. like, oh, yeah. It's crazy to watch him talk. And he's like, no, I think it was a Tuesday last year, the 4th of July was. And I was like, I don't know why you would know that. I don't that's know. Interesting. Yeah. He's wonderful to have around until you want to lie a little bit. Then he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, shh, Danny, shh. <laughs> not the I'm point. doing a little thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the state also argued that there is no psychological intimidation because mm. they argue that like being intimidated by someone dressed in uniform, being in a police station, being interrogated is some psychological intimidation. And they were in a jailhouse that he was comfortable in. It was like his home turf, okay. basically. Um, since Lloyd was already in custody, the state also made the argument that he technically had already been read his Miranda rights because he had been read his Miranda rights for a different crime before coming into jail. So they're kind of just throwing everything against the wall. And they're like, that's What's going to stick? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Fascinating. So this raises the question of if a defendant needs to be read their Miranda rights for every new charge. Right. Right. So the panel's decision, the panel um, that eventually will hold up the court's initial decision of suppressing the confession. They say that Lloyd was, quote, in custody as determined by Miranda, but nothing in the Miranda opinion makes the necessity for warnings dependent on the particular reason for why the defendant is in custody. Basically saying they need to be read their Miranda rights for every individual, Mm. like, New Anytime they occurrence. could be yes. interacting with law enforcement under different settings, yes. they need to be reminded of the mm-hmm. rights. Yes, and this is under Mathis versus United States, which I didn't do a ton of digging on, sure. so I apologize. But um, he was in custody for a different charge, but he was still technically considered detained in regards to the murder charge. So he okay. did need to be read his Miranda rights. According to Road v. Innis, um, the panel said Miranda did not apply only when an interrogation is going to occur. It can in- occur between any So these Illinois and then federal courts are really expanding the scope of Miranda rights. They're like trying. They're showing the the precedent that has been set by other 
cases, how they apply to this case okay. right now, not just Miranda. Um, but these two cases, Mathis v. United States and Rhode Island v. Innis, have applied to uh, Miranda in the past. So Rhode Island v. Innis, from my understanding, me and my uh, not quite lawyer friend talked about it and okay. I guess it was like a shooting or something I didn't do a ton of research on it because I didn't want to expand this too much but didn't want to add a fourth case to oh this God. episode yeah. but basically they there's a shooting or something and while he was in the cop car one of the police officers prior to being read the Miranda rights one of the police officers said man it would be a shame if one of the kids found the gun and shot themselves or had an accident or something like that with the oh, gun. God. And that was like a big question at the time, I guess, was whether the suspect was the shooter. And so the, the guy that was in the backseat was like, okay, I'll turn, turn around, I'll show you where the gun is. And that was not admissible in court because it was prior to being read the Miranda rights. Okay. So that's where that comes from. So, so you really want to read them right away. Right away. Be okay. You can't, like law enforcement, if the person knows that you're law enforcement, cannot say anything. This is a quote. Um, interrogation as used in Miranda refers not only to express questioning, but also to any words or actions on the part of the police, parentheses, other than those normally attendant to arrest and custody, close parentheses, that the police should know are reasonably likely to elicit an incriminating response from the suspect. Thus, the conversation with Lloyd in the cell block should still pertain to a, quote, interrogation, because it's still a conversation with law enforcement. Okay. The state of illinois still did not agree with this decision so they <laughs> appealed shocked. it yeah they appealed it again um and on february 20th of 1990 the state appealed this decision to the u.s supreme court and a decision was released on june 4th of 1990. the court's decision to suppress the confession was overturned eight to one oh. in illinois v perkins that's so, actually a big shock Yes, so... Eight to one? Eight to one. Whoa. Yeah. Miranda rights are not required when a suspect is unaware that he is speaking to law enforcement. And that's basically what Perkins v. Illinois, or Illinois v. Perkins is. So this is Judge Kennedy's decision. This is a quote mm, from him. Justice Kennedy. Justice Kennedy. Um, More than one term. <laughs> Different Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, different Kennedy, different Kennedy. So I'm going to read you two or three quotes. The first two are um, agreeing with the majority. The last one is a dissenting opinion. So this is from just Judge Kennedy. Okay. Questioning by captors who appear to control the suspect's fate may create mutually reinforcing pressures that the court has assumed will weaken the suspect's will. But where a suspect does not know that he is conversing with a government agent, these pressures do not exist. The state court here mistakenly assumed that because the suspect was in custody, no undercover questioning could take place. When the suspect has no reason to think that the listeners have official power over him, it should not be assumed that his words are motivated by the reaction he expects from his listeners. He also is quoted saying, Miranda was not meant to protect suspects from boasting about their criminal activities in front of persons whom they believe to be their cellmates. So, two reactions. Mm -hmm. First... Miranda rights are here not to protect you from the government itself or like falsely incriminating yourself mm -hmm. or whatever. Miranda rights are there to help protect from a power imbalance in the situation. Yes. And second, if you truly want to be safe, be mysterious, which is terrible news for you and I. We're not good at that. Did you know we had a podcast? Did you know we say everything that ever crosses our mind? All the time. Okay. I gave unsolicited Vegas tips five minutes ago. And he will continue to do so or else I will kill him. 
<laughs> okay, so then what, who, who was the dissenting justice? Okay, I'm going to read it... one more from okay. Justice Brennan. And then can I guess who's the descendant? Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. This is another um, agreeing opinion. Okay. The method used to elicit the confession in the case deserves close scrutiny. We have recognized that, quote, the mere fact of custody imposes pressures on the accused. Confinement may bring into play subtle influences that will make him particularly susceptible to the ploys of undercover government agents. Uh, he cites United versus Hen- or, sorry United States versus Henry, as Justice Marshall points out, the pressures of custody make a suspect more likely to confide in others and to engage in quote jailhouse bravado. The state is in a unique position to exploit this vulnerability because it has virtually complete control over the suspect's environment. Thus, the state can ensure that a suspect is barraged with questions from an undercover agent until the suspect confesses. So Brennan agreed. He agreed, but he did decision. have some some things and that were then, like. I think it kind of gave it away a little yeah, bit. But Justice Thurgood Marshall dissented. Famously, the first African American appointed to the Supreme Court, one of only three ever. Ever. Um, and was Crazy. famous because he was the lead attorney in Brown v. Board of Education. Oh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Thurgood Marshall's history as um, like a justice and a leader for civil rights. It's why it's called the Marshall Project. Civics teacher took over. Sorry. So okay. what did um, Thurgood Marshall, true crusader of justice, say in his dissent? So his is the only dissenting opinion. This quote is, custody works to the state's advantage in obtaining incriminating information. The psychological pressures Mm. inherent in confinement increase the suspect's anxiety, making him likely to seek relief by talking to others. Similarly, where the suspect is incarcerated, the constant threat of physical danger peculiar to the prison environment may make him demonstrate his toughness to other inmates by recounting or inventing past violent acts. Right. I mean... I'm certainly not even a quarter as smart as Justice oh, Marshall, yeah. and I have only an undergraduate degree <laughs> in this um, department, but part of me is like, I guess I've always viewed the Miranda rights as active Fifth Amendment. In other mm-hmm. words, before you ever do anything that could violate the Fifth Amendment, you are reminded you yeah. have a Fifth Amendment. And then in this 8-1 decision, the court's like, uh, uh. You should really know that you have a Fifth Amendment and then keep it to yourself. Especially, which is yeah. interesting. And Thurgood Marshall thing. is like, no, it's there to protect you and it's not interesting. It is very okay. interesting. So then, so they can get Perkins on the confession. Yes. Um, so basically, they're able to get Perkins on the confession. It is retried. Honestly, I could not find a ton of information on the retrial if there was any because this is such a famous case, Illinois v. Perkins. If you Google any of the names involved in the case, I tried to find information on Donald Charlton, on the burglary that he was actually arrested for, on the initial case that Lloyd Perkins was arrested for, on if he was released on parole. None of that information is readily available. And part of that is because it's in the 80s and it's like the internet, not a thing that people post on. Um, So a lot of that was very difficult to find. All I could really find was case text, which is another reason why I had to talk to my lawyer friend because I didn't understand some of the (laughs) lingo. (laughs) But it was fine. She pulled out her like, binder of like criminal case law her, and we like went through her bar exam study guide oh my and gosh. was like yeah she's been studying for i think her her bars her whole in life. basically <laughs> her she's a friend from high school her bars in 3 weeks i think she's been studying since she got her masters right. like a month ago wow. or more and she basically she put like a quarter of the year into studying for one exam. Yeah, and she's still studying. She studies six 
of the seven days a week, mm. like eight hours a day. It's tough because I'm not at all a lawyer at all. Same. But I have a handful of friends who mm-hmm. are who have gone off into law school and passed the bar. Yeah. And I have two group of friends. It is like lawyers who work for companies and make yeah. a lot of money and are really fun to hang out with after mm-hmm. work. And then I have other friends who I think donate back to their place of employment and are working with like immigration rights oh, centers like really like and like it. refugee yeah. resettlement programs mm-hmm. and like the Innocence Project and their work is so cool and they are also fun to go out yes. with but they are not picking up the tab in the same way. And as a public school teacher, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes. Perkins stands Miranda say okay so then are we back now to Palm Springs in 2019 so now we're back to Palm Springs 2019 okay. continuation of the Jose Lauren Garcia case and I will admit this is a case or part of the story that I added today because I realized that I I wanted something to fill out or right. like bring it back to present day a little bit more since I couldn't get that information that I wanted on Lloyd B Perkins so this is a Today, example of when what they call the Perkins operation is used. So because ultimately the Perkins operation a okay with SCOTUS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So they'll call it the Perkins operation. They'll call them a Perkins informant okay. or a Perkins method. I think cool. are the the three lingo terms. So because they couldn't find any incriminating evidence on Jose Laren Garcia, who, if you'll remember, is the guy that was found bloody sure. hiding under a truck, and there's four dead the people innocent, around him. The evidence they have is that he was bloody, he was near the crime scene, and mm-hmm. is trying to get out of Palm Springs, mm-hmm. which of course looks suspicious, but on paper isn't actually maybe isn't hard actually evidence that really ties you to yes. actions, motives, or the victims. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So two officers are placed in the jail with Jose Laren Garcia in, quote, a Perkins operation. One of the agents who he did testify in Is court. Is his name also Vito Mafia Murder Man or no. whatever they decided to nickname so them? So a lot of the informants or a lot of the people that testified in this case have decided to keep secret because hmm. they are scared of retaliation, um, particularly oh. by Jose Laren Garcia. Um, so one of the agents that was placed in the jail um, was made a connection with Jose based on their shared Hispanic heritage and they spoke Spanish together. And this is what he had to say. The agent testified that Jose had said the following things to him. He was trying to remember a song that had to do with the word conenda, which translates to not yet being sentenced, but already condemned to jail. Okay. And he said that that song like hits that song, like is how he felt. He also said that Jose used the word fregada, which translates to a curse, like a, a expletive meaning I'm screwed. Or like we're screwed or whatever. He also said that there, um, he also asked if there were any witnesses and Jose said, I think someone must have saw something. He also then said, uh, or when asked about Jose Laren Garcia, he said, quote, he knew he was screwed. He was afraid his mother might be charged in connection to the murders and believed that the gun had been found at the crime scene. Because if you'll remember, his mom got him a phone. So he has not yet said, no, he hasn't said I did it, but he keeps talking kind like, of around. We talked about Facebook earlier in this podcast, so I'm going to yeah, bring go it back. Me. If you were on Facebook in 2010 and you were having a bad day, you... Oh were God. required by law to post mm-hmm. a cryptic lyric as your status and then just wait for wait. people to ask. <laughs> Either message, but if they message you, you weren't satisfied. It had to right. be a comment. Correct, because it, it had to be public. And that yes. is why I'm so thankful that I did not know music until I was like 25. <laughs> oh, I'm mad about it, actually. I, I Recently, since we started getting a lot of followers on like mm. TikTok and Instagram, I have, I've also pulled back my Facebook <laughs> because you can see my Instagram stuff. That's fine. I'm most 
mostly okay with that. Facebook? Mm-mm. I'm so... <laughs> you do not get to see unvarnished Maya. Viscerally <laughs> embarrassed by the things I posted on Facebook when I was 15, but I also feel weird about deleting it because that feels like a part of my history. I get that too. You're like, I can't delete these baby photos of me even if I am going through a phase in it. I hear it. Okay, so, yeah. our, so our original person of interest at the start of the yes. podcast, Jose, keeps dropping hints mm-hmm. and suggestions yep. in Spanish, but does not actually Say confess I did to any crime. Okay. Exactly. Um, so there is a lot more detail to the story that sure. maybe if people want, I can go into. This case devolved. Like there is a lot of evidence involved okay. in this case, a lot of prior like behavioral history involved mm. in this case. Um, eventually, I'm not going to go into all of it, so I don't want anyone to think that the Perkins operation is what caused this. But Jose Lara and Garcia, there was one mistrial, so they had to retry it. It was because of some evidence that was not given to the prosecution or something like that. Okay. Um, but after the second trial, he was dealt the death penalty oh. in California, which is kind of a big deal because I they didn't don't... know that existed in California There still. was something... I was going to do more research on this before you came over. I can't remember. But I feel like they have the death penalty, but they haven't actually executed it or something okay. in a really long time. But they have a lot of people on death row. Anyway, he was dealt the death penalty. Um... And so he was found guilty and then sentenced to execution. Sentenced okay. to execution. And there's two special factors in this case that make him eligible for the death penalty. So if you go and commit murder, you're not just automatically like, oh, he's going to get sentenced to death. It's because the jury agreed that he laid in wait to commit the murders and that he killed multiple people like in one go. That's what made him eligible for the death penalty in this case. Okay. But although the... Evidence that was gathered during the Perkins operation was not like the the final stone. Sure. It was some of the final evidence that the prosecution laid out, which means it was kind of important, I think, in like kind of burying him yeah. a little bit. And so you can't see how it is useful in some situations when you can't, there's no way to break this person, right? I kind of love that you heard the term falsely imprisoned. And instead of being like, this man got exonerated, you were like... Can you be in prison for stuff like this? <laughs> Let's find out. Because I have actually learned, I think, quite a bit in today's episode. Right? It's really so interesting. My initial thought when you said falsely imprisoned was I wanted to do, I wanted to go into a case that was like when when someone undercover is sent into prison to get these jailhouse right. uh, confessions. But it, the first thing that came up was Perkins v. Illinois, and I thought that this was interesting enough. And then I found the most recent case that I could find that related to the Perkins operation or directly cited the Perkins operation, and that was this case with Jose Laren Garcia. And the, there are two more things that I want to point out. So in part of looking at this, there is a docu-series, I guess, put out by A&E called 60 Days In, where nine people go undercover not to get a confession out of anyone. They just go undercover into a jail for two months, just to experience what it's like to be in Isn't jail. Isn't that what Orange is the New Black was supposed to do for everyone? <laughs> Basically. Okay. But here we go. <laughs> They're not convicted or suspected of anything. They're just It's purely a social they experiment. They get nine people to be like, want to spend two months in prison? And they're like, is it going to be on TV, Annie? Okay, okay yeah, that yeah, still works. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So they, there's a whole article about it. I haven't actually watched it. I literally found out about it today. But um, they experienced a lot of like drug use there's a lot of ways that they find they smuggle drugs in okay. like they'll find someone on the outside who will intentionally get sent to jail to smuggle drugs in oh whoa isn't that crazy yes yes 
Um, one of the participants of the social experiment was a police officer, and after this experiment was over, he left the police force. Oh, nothing like a little disillusion. Because Oof. he was like, I can't stand to send anyone into that. Oh, wow. Isn't that nuts? Listen, I did not expect a cop to become part of the abolition movement, but... Right? Fascinating. Okay. And this then, podcast is about questions, not answers. Exactly. I know. We, we all are going to watch that together. And then I was like, this has ended on a dark note. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it back. Mm. Let's bring it back. <laughs> so I did a little Reddit. It's like, okay, guilty of murder, guilty of murder. Miranda writes, not as expansive as I thought. What a downer episode, <laughs> Okay, so I Googled, as we said we wouldn't do, I looked up falsely imprisoned on Reddit. But I looked up falsely imprisoned on Ask Reddit, not okay. Am I the Asshole, right? So, so these are the responses. Most of them were all the same. There's a couple different questions in here, but all of the responses I'm about to read to you were from questions that were basically like, were you falsely imprisoned? What was your experience? Mm. Or do you have? Do you know sure. someone who's falsely innocent imprisoned? people? What's prison like? What's prison like? Right. Yeah. Okay. This person said, "Yeah, one time I rolled a twelve on Monopoly, and everyone started yelling at me. I yell, telling me I rolled a ten. So gaslighting them, they rolled a ten. <laughs> ten appeared to end on the go to jail case. I was so mad, I flipped the whole board and started to cry. My older brother immediately started imitating me and making fun of me. Since then, I've never played this fucking game. Bizarre. Was that a dream you had? <laughs> <laughs> good. 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 Okay. <laughs> good. Um, yeah. Okay. Not in prison, but I was interrogated for six hours for arson. <laughs> I was throwing rocks at my neighbor's apartment building that was on fire to try and wake up the people inside. I then used a friend's phone to call 911 because I couldn't find mine and didn't have time for, to look for it. A witness said he saw a kid matching my description, throwing rocks and trying to, quote, destroy the building. So they took me into custody. It was only about an hour of questioning and about five hours of waiting around to be released. They weren't yelling or trying to be deceptive and trick me or anything. They just wanted to know what I saw and what happened. The only issue they had was that I couldn't tell them what number I called 911 from. I had told them that I was the person who called it in, but couldn't tell them the number because it was a friend's phone, which was suspicious to them. Right. After a while, they figured out it was an overloaded outlet and let me go. <laughs> All right, we didn't burn down the whole place. Yeah, they didn't burn down the whole place. Landlord okay. special of repairs. Exactly. I actually, so at the very start of this episode, mm-hmm. you talked about Jose kind of like turned to his friends, his network, whatever the term was, um, to like help him get out yeah. of there. And I think there's a joke that goes around that it's like, oh man, like this person's my best friend that like, you know, I'd dig a ditch for him in the middle of the night if the phone called. You know who would have done that? I I have done that. I have oh, dug right. a ditch in the middle of the night. Tell that for story. a friend. Can I? <laughs> she hates me. She hates me. Um, yeah, I'm at a very nice cocktail bar with my friend who is Australian, and I love her to death. And we get a phone call from our friends. It's 9 p.m. The person who was supposed to dig a ditch in their backyard just didn't show up to do the work and they just found out because they had just gotten home from a trip. Now, what is this ditch for? Bodies. No, I'm kidding. 
they are trying to bury an electric line because they're doing <laughs> home renovations, and they're like, "Well, oh, that surely that can wait. Surely you can just it like can't. hire out someone in a couple of days and take care of it." It literally could not because the city was coming at seven a.m. to approve the ditch and the line work, and then they could move forward. And if they didn't get the approval, it was going to like throw everything off. So they sent out like a bat signal at ten p.m. to be like, "We have." nine hours to dig a 50-foot trench three feet deep in the backyard of our, like, downtown Denver home. And these are some of my closest friends. I'm a ride or die. We're not burying bodies. So I say, of course. And we have to go home and change out of, like, the fun Saturday evening cocktail attire we are wearing. And my friend, who's Australian, is super excited about all this. And I mentioned that she's Australian because Australia doesn't use the imperial system of measurement. They use the metric system, like every other sane country on the planet. And so we're driving, and I'm like kind of like focused, and I'm like, oh. And then she's all like, boop, boop, boop. And I was like, do you know how long 50 feet is? And she goes, yeah, it's like 10 of me. <laughs> Um, She found out very quickly how long 50 feet is. And what I'm trying to say is, while many people will claim that they will dig a ditch for you in the middle of the night, I actually have, okay? And that's ride or die. And I promise if I do it for you, I won't share it on a podcast. I will keep it (laughs) I'll keep it secret. I'll keep it secret, maybe. Unless something funny happens. So here's the thing, is that Casey and I were, like, getting into this friend group around the same time. So I've heard this story, like, five times. 100%. And I am so glad that we were getting into the friend group around this time, or else I know for a fact we also would have been called. You would have been looped in. And I would not have been happy. It it was the... One of the craziest things I did last summer, there's a moment when you're swinging a pickaxe at 3 a.m. in downtown Denver, covered in dirt. No one said anything for like 40 minutes that the entire situation suddenly becomes very funny. <laughs> Didn't Lydia also tried to put out a bunch of snacks? <laughs> Listen. If She's a host to the bone. A host to the bone. Also, Home Depot apparently has a grocery section. <laughs> but literally, all the gushers in the world. I love her. It was, it was great. And then I remember like at 5 a.m., we were like, okay, well, I think, I think we did it. <laughs> and we like packed it in, and we went in, and we... Well, most of us slept then for like the rest of the day. Yeah. Woke up at like 3, 4 p.m. Yeah. And uh, didn't pass inspection. But that's okay. They were going to come back 24 hours later and a professional came in and like Finished just cleaned up our work. But we, we really didn't we get did them the started. We did most of it. <laughs> we moved a lot of dirt at midnight. Listen, I've seen the drone like picture of the top of the house. You got to capture it's, it. It's a lot. It was, it was impressive. I was... Shuck. So obviously, crime's not good. Do not no. aid and abet your friends who've committed murder. But if they need help burying an electrical wire at 3 a.m., yeah. only funny things can ensue. Exactly. Here's the friend. last Reddit post that I'll read. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Redditors who have been falsely imprisoned. How is your innocence found out? I was accused of killing my next door neighbor mm. because I had been fucking his wife. But I had actually been screwing his 19-year-old gay son. It is July, and I was not prepared for that. Tell me everything. And when he found out, he told... He is in the uh, uh, husband, husband, neighbor? Okay, neighbor husband? 
Uh, when he found out, he told everyone he was leaving the family because his wife cheated, but it was actually his gay son that, that cheated. Wait, so so this man in like the same week <clears throat> finds out his wife passes, and that his nineteen-year-old son is gay. is gay and in a relationship with the neighbor. I don't know what this dynamic, but I think the like I'm out for a little bit. That's a trauma response. And then he said. Later that year, he was shot in a motel room where he left a note blaming me so I would go to prison. Wait. The son or the neighbor? The neighbor. Oh my god, I thought you <laughs> no, killed No, no, the no. Son. No, no, no. The neighbor, the neighbor whose wife died and son is gay, shot, it seems like himself, but oh, it's not clear. as his world unraveled, he yes. was like, and for my last act, I'm, gonna I'm sending my son's lover love to, to prison. <laughs> that... You just hit me with so many words. I I really am struggling to even take that all in. No, that's cr- part that's like a, the twist and turns every sentence. When, when I read Reddit, I I am suspending reality. I am believing everything I've, I I read. Exactly. But when I read stuff like that, I'm like, it's fiction. It's fiction. fiction. It it's has fiction. to be fiction. That's. <laughs> Wait, so is he in prison or was he able to prove his no, innocence? No, it was, it was like, have you ever been accused of something and you were like found innocent? So he was found innocent because he, he was just genuinely screwing his neighbor's gay son. Wait, is he like, I would never murder him. I love his son. Is that? I don't is know. That, no, it was, the, it was the neighbor's wife that he was accused of. No, I know. But yeah. the person he loved was the son. Yeah, that's and true. that's what got him off of the, the I, sentence. Yeah, I don't... The, okay, so of all the crazy details <laughs> in that entire story, and every one of them threw me, the craziest Same. is to have any kind of relationship with your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, what are your neighbor's names, Grant? Mark Neighbor? And then the <laughs> other house is abandoned. <laughs> You're like, I don't talk to them. Exactly. Listen, Mark Neighbor, who I'm sure has a last name, yeah. is wonderful, and we chat in the driveway. I love that. And if he were to disappear <laughs> it would probably take me six weeks to like really catch on yeah don't wish him any ill yeah don't know his last name <laughs> <laughs> okay and i think that would save you maybe you're like i honestly didn't know him not to give us pats on the back yeah. but i think this has been a phenomenal episode one last thing i want to say in yeah, reference to absolutely. all of this um we got a comment in our Instagram DMs, which again, keep them up. We are... I cry every time there's a new one. And I'm refreshing it all the time. I am just desperate for the approval of others. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> kidding. Duh. Um, yeah. <laughs> we had a person send us a message that said they now go grocery shopping on Wednesdays because they can listen to the podcast, which is really sweet. Also, found out basically in the same hour... That there's a woman in Lebanon listening to us. Oh yeah, there's people and that's everywhere. Also, so cool. But to our listener who is listening to us on Wednesdays when she goes to the grocery store, keep that up. Do not change that habit. But if you, you need to cheese. go back, yes, yeah, Brie, put it at room temperature first. Oh. Um, if you need to go to the store on a day that's not Wednesday. I would encourage you listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm. Yes, the Call Me Maybe girl. I get it. Carly Rae Jepsen's latest album, The Loneliest Time, is so good. 
It's so good. It. I'm interested. It got me through some things. I don't need to share more, but it got me through some things. And it's just kind of... The best way I can describe it is like effervescent. Like, I don't know how mm. to say it. It's like grounded, but ephemeral. It's yeah, it's like, like emotional, but not like It's speaking too to me, but speaking to the room kind yeah. of thing. And it's just really nice to be looking at like bell peppers and pearl couscous and like detergent with the loneliest time playing in your ears. Because mm. while this title sounds sad, and believe me, there's a song that'll wreck you. <laughs> <laughs> it is for the most part... Like, pretty fun. Yeah. And a really great episode. And it is personally what I listen to if I've had a big day, which big hasn't day. really been me during the summer. But ah. when I have to do a day job, happens all the time. So, um, yeah. yeah, with love, keep listening to us. And if you run out of us, listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> and we have a Patreon. We do. It's been officially unveiled as of probably like three weeks ago now yes. when this comes out. I'm, I, I can't do the math, but it is Well I Laughed Pod, and we love your support. And we're... No, isn't it I Laughed Too? Well, I Laughed Too is the, the tier that they can subscribe oh, to. Oh, okay. Cool, yeah, cool. Um, is the only tier available. It's $5 <laughs> a month. And listen, we live expensive lifestyles. We do. And this is an expensive hobby right now for me, <laughs> not for Grant. He's a teacher. It's for me. <laughs> Maya does make more than me. It's true. And that's fine. And that's fine. I'm not upset I'm, about it. I'm really fulfilled emotionally. <laughs> and I get six weeks off in the summer. It's true. Honestly, I'm jealous. <laughs> no, the Patreon's been great. Yeah. And now that we're basically podcast experts, it's been nice to have another creative outlet. Yeah, it's, and it's really nice. We have some stuff there. We have more stuff going. We'll and probably we... have some per merch out by yes. the time this episode comes out. So then also look for that. Basically, find us on Instagram or TikTok. Check out the link tree. Yes. Get your late summer, early fall outfit yes. picked out and help us continue to publish this podcast. Because in addition to helping us publish it, you get a lot more of us. Also, leave us a five-star review. Please. Wherever you go, because they they give us so many serotonin and I'm on several <laughs> antidepressants, so I don't have a lot of them. I'm just a man navigating his 30s so <laughs> he also, also doesn't have serotonin <laughs> but yeah follow us um we're on tiktok we're on instagram we're on facebook um and if you have any suggestions or mm -hmm. comments concerns things you want to say to us feel free to hit us up in our dms 100%. or email us and also if you well i laughed pod at gmail.com if you have a topic that you want us to discuss pitch us like the theme arc for three episodes we've gotten some very niche specific stuff okay here's what Toss i'm doing though arc. is okay. that i'm gonna pick i have i think i've picked out what i want my theme because you get the next theme. I get the next theme. Right. And it comes from a listener suggestion. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm not going to tell you yet, though, because I'm... <laughs> I started doing... By the time this episode gets published, we're going to be deep into recording that theme. You're going to... I don't know if you're going to hate it or you're going to love it I or love not. mystery, so... Okay, perfect. Anyway, um, yeah. We do read every DM and mm -hmm. suggestion. Um, and and then comment. text each other about it, so... We love you. We love you, too. And we appreciate you, and hopefully you're laughing, because, well... I laughed. I laughed. Nice. Got hey. it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.